Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Lumsemech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys, from entrepreneurs to nine to fivers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. I'm really excited for this episode because I have someone on the show that I've followed for actual years. <laughs> like <laughs> years and years I've been following your journey. So I think if I start describing her, like you guys will catch on to who she actually is. <laughs> so, um, and this is, I think this is sort of how you fell onto my ray, my personal radar. Mm. You were crowned Miss S18 in 2008. Which is like 11 years ago. <laughs> 11 years ago. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, and I think um, when you started getting more into social media, that's when I, I picked up on you mm, and who you mm. and what you did. Then you started your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, and I started following you and I really, really loved everything about you. Like, you're a helper of people. Yeah. Primarily. Yeah, definitely. That's at the core of everything I do. That's, yeah. that's really, mm-hmm. for me, the best way to describe yeah. you. Because if I tie everything back, when I, even when, you, when I read up about you and your journey, mm. everything seems to have been tied to helping people definitely. learn, helping people mm. get better. Mm. I, I mean, you once mentioned that you had a dance studio. I did. And that's <laughs> teaching people how to dance. Like, I feel like you were yeah. a teacher at the yeah. core of everything that you do, which is really amazing. Um, so, yeah, I have wanted you on the show for a while. I was, like, nervous really? to ask because I was, like, oh, you know, you were having your baby. And I was, oh. like... <laughs> and I was, just like, oh, I want to be on this. I also want her to really? interview me. Yeah, like, I was just, like, oh, when is she going to ask me? <laughs> I was, like, okay, this year I'm going to tell her, listen, you're interviewing me this like, year. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly wanted to contact you, but I was, like, oh, you know, like, when you see people on social media, and I just feel like you're doing a lot. Uh, in my head, I conclude that you busy. I am, but it's like a good busy. <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you, it's a good busy. Yeah. It's, it's a busy I control, which yeah. is which is what I wanted. Which is exactly what yeah. you want. Mm. Okay, so anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. Today we have guys Kopano Shimange. Yes. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad s- to finally be here. I'm so happy to have you on here. Um guys, I think um uh, if you on the in on the internet, anywhere on the internet, you'll know of Kopano. Really? I don't yeah. know. I, I don't genuinely know. think if I, you're on the internet... I never want to assume it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't assume it, but I definitely feel like if you're on the internet, you'll know Kopano. Um, Kopano is a YouTuber, a speaker, and I don't know if I read this about you or if it's one of the, these, the words that I concluded to describe you, but I feel like Kopano is like a serial entrepreneur that's yeah. dedicated to helping women. Definitely. Specifically. That's how I would describe myself, I guess. Yeah. yeah same way. You yeah. know? So, yeah, you're also the founder of Club She Is, which is your... Is it correct in saying it's your latest venture? I would, yes, it is my latest venture because I haven't started anything else ever since. Yeah, but you've done <laughs> so, a lot more s- before, before then. Before, yes, Yeah, definitely. but your latest venture has been Club She Is and, yeah, Club She Is, uh, I think you'll, you'll explain it yes. better than I can, <laughs> but it's dedicated to personal branding and development, business branding mm-hmm. and development. Um, you offer masterclasses, webinars, yes. um, coaching sessions, content creation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, sessions and a whole lot more. Yes, the favorite part for everybody is the workshops. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that we keep getting hounded for. It's like, when's the next when's workshop? When's the next workshop? <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's 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 take it back to the beginning. Let's start all the way back to the beginning. Kopano, Kiman Kopano, who is Kopano? Where do you come from? Your upbringing, your childhood, your schooling. Take us back. It's a long way back, <laughs> but I was born and raised in Rustenburg. Um, so my fellow Northwest girl, yes, hey, the Northwest. Hey. <laughs> I was, yo, goodness, where was I born in Rustenburg? I think of Fox Lake, um, which is like a suburb, which is like a little part of the township in Rustenburg, Kotlabane. And um, all of my friends, everything I knew was there. I was a small town girl. Um, went to the same school with everybody else. It's a pretty small town. I stood schools. In high, in, in high school because mm. um, I had, you know, bad luck at the previous school. So when I switched, it's, it's such a small town that everybody even knows each other. So it's like, okay, oh, you're from this school. It's like, Yoko Pano. Oh, okay, no, I've heard about you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So let's continue with life. Yeah. Um, and then Miss S18 happened in 2008, which was the year that I matriculated, mm-hmm. um, which was quite funny because when, when I was in the top 12 of Miss S18, I, was, I actually grew up quite shy. 
and very reserved. Really? I wasn't outspoken at all. At all. I mean it. It was if it wasn't for pageantry, I probably would have still been very, very soft spoken till today. Oh wow. Um and even now I'm I, I'm confident, but it takes a lot of internal conversation for me to start conversations with other people. Mm. I've just become more used to doing things I'm scared of, if that makes sense. So I grew up very soft-spoken, quite shy. Um, even in, if I had groups of friends, um, when, I was, when I was younger, I was, I was so soft-spoken that I was kicked out of a group of friends because I was too quiet. What? Yeah. It was embarrassing. Kids are me. Kids are they weird. Are very <laughs> mean. <laughs> they are very, very mean. And that, that moment like, stuck with me. It's like, Sokabora. Like, I mean, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and they, they kept on saying that, okay, fine, we're kicking you out because you don't speak much. And if you do, you only speak to the person next to you. So we're kicking you out. And I was like, okay. That's how soft-spoken I was. Like, it, that's the type of person that I was. So pageantry was a way for me to actually bring out the person that I was in the mirror. In, yeah. my, in my house with my teddy bears, I was Oprah. I was Oprah. I was just like, welcome to my show. I had a cooking <laughs> show. I had, you know, I had everything. You know, everything that Oprah does, she has a cooking guest. She has, I'd interview my teddy bear, Samantha. And, <laughs> and that's the person I was. Yeah. But amongst other people, mm-mm. that person stayed in the bedroom or in front of the mirror. And pageantry was a way to bring that person out. Oh, wow. Um, the first pageant I did, I was terrible. They chose 20 girls and there were 50 of us. And I didn't even make it close to that top 20 out of 50 girls. And then after that, I realized, you know what? I can be the person who's in my bedroom, in the mirror, on stage. I don't have to carry this shy person from off stage and bring her on stage. I can be whoever I wanted to be. Mm. I also learned about Sasha. Sasha Fierce. You know? Beyonce's alter ego yeah, yeah. <laughs> really helped me <laughs> personally. <laughs> and because I was like, okay, so Beyonce also says she's shy. And then she brings out Sasha Fierce on stage. So, hey, me too. I'm going to pick a person. Yeah. And I'm going to be that person on stage. And then eventually the lines get blurred. <laughs> you and know, then you become that person full time. I don't know if you know, there's a podcast called Masters of Scale. Mm-hmm. And they actually talk about the science behind... Um, having an alter ego yes. and why it's very beneficial yes. for you. Like, mm. there's actually a science behind it and it why mm. successful people become successful because of their alter egos. Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. And that, that alter ego, at some point, you realize that it's not a different person. It's, it's not a different you. person, yes. It's just a different... We're multidimensional people. Yes, so you bring exactly. out one dimension in a certain environment and then you realize that I can still be that person outside of that environment. Yeah. I needed to tap into that person. Being crowned Miss S18 was a lot. <laughs> it was literally your life changes instantaneously. Oh, wow. As soon as a crown goes on your head, I mean, I'm I'm a girl from Rustenburg, and then you win Miss S18, and then immediately you get snatched away. It's TV interviews, it's radio interviews. That very same day, you have a bodyguard and a driver, and then they take you up to this. You had a bodyguard, hey, dude. <laughs> and then next thing, two days later, you're like on national TV, and then you're meeting all of your all of your. Um, the people you've been looking up to. I met Bastana that night. I was just oh, like, wow. oh, my, I was, my mind was blown. Mm. Um, I've been looking up to this woman since I was four years old. And then all of a sudden, Kiyo, and she knows my name. And she walked up to me. And I was like, wow. It's, it's a lot to take in. It's really, from the moment it happens, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. So that's when the alter ego had to stop being a thing on stage. And I had to be that person all mm, the time. Okay. And it really, 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 really helped me to to be more confident outside mm. of those environments, to speak to people, to learn. It becomes much easier for you mm. to... Confidence is something you practice. So the more practice I had with confidence, the more people I met, it's really beneficial to be able to tap into that. Yeah. And then you can, you know, go back home, recharge, <laughs> and, you know, get back to yourself. But it really does help. That, that crowning helped bring out the person that people know today. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. And, okay, so... Is, am I correct in saying that your some of your aspirations were to be crowned? But I also want to know, what did you actually want to be when you were growing up? Was, was that your aspiration like to be like in pageantry? Funny or enough, did you have like a career goal? You know goal? what, pageantry? Pageantry was one of those things that I fell into. Literally, it was, it, it was by chance. So when I was growing up, funny enough, since I was four years old, an aunt of mine who passed away in a missile a lot, she used to call me Bastan ever since Bastan I came onto the radio. And they mm. were like, Bastan, I was like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> and funny enough, during the preliminary interviews at Miss S18, they were like, 
you look a lot like Basta. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, wow. They've been telling me that. So it was almost something that was planted in my mm. head. But I feel as though God gave me a vision of my life since I was very, very young. I've always wanted to... It's a vision that made no sense at the time. And my friends always used to laugh at it. But it's been the same ever since, I swear, since I was seven. Um, it was to run a multi-million rand business, but be home with my kids. Like, that's my vision. That was my vision. I was like, okay, I'm going to wear these really nice two-piece suits, <laughs> these skirt suits. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to walk in and out of corporate buildings, but I'm going to work from home. And my friends used to be like, mm, that doesn't make sense. You're going to have to work for someone. If you work for someone, you have to work a nine-to-five. Like in a building. In a building. In a, yeah. And I always used to say, I also want to have the time to bake cookies. And, you know, I want to own my own time. Yeah. So this dream that I kept on repeating over and over again to my friends, they were like, no, it's not possible. You can't be a millionaire and work from home. You can't own your own time and have money and have kids. Like, mm. you have to choose a struggle. Like, you can't live like that. And then look at what we, where we are today. We have a digital world and a digital age where you actually can do that. You can own your own time work at whatever time you want to work from home, have a million rand or million dollar business from your house and run your own life, which before it wasn't. It was there. far-fetched to even think that that's a possibility. Exactly. Yeah. I just didn't know what job it was. I was just like, that's the life I think I'm going to have and I'm going to have it in my 20s. That's what I knew. That's when, so fascinating. Like, do you know why you wanted that? Like, what? No. Because was, I'm like, why, like, for that to even be a thing on your radar i don't even know where it got planted yeah. it just it's just always been a dream of mine and i remember throughout primary i'd tell my friends you know you know what are you gonna be when you grow old i kept on saying the same thing <laughs> i stuck to my my dream was yeah. my dream and i stuck to it but eventually I, I realized that every time i tell people this thing they laugh at me so i'm gonna just keep it to myself oh um and i started to adopt all these different dreams i was good at science so i'd be like okay fine i'm gonna be an engineer i was good at accounting okay fine i'll be an accountant and I kept on adopting these different dreams that could kind of fit into this idea that I had. But I realized they wouldn't. If I became an engineer, this is the life I was going to have. Mm. If I became an accountant, this is the life I was going to have. And they just didn't fit into this vision that I had. So I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who I saw living this life. But literally, I knew I was going to live that life. How it was going to manifest itself. What job title I was going to have. I have. No, I didn't know at all. Mm. What was worse is that I was good at different things. So, you know, check of all trades. And I was just yeah. like, so which one is it? And um, <clears throat> funny enough, when I was young, um, when I matriculated, I had a bursary with Saika to the Tutuka bursary. And that's straight CA stream. Yeah. If you take it, you are going to become a CA. And I remember turning it down. It was a huge thing, but I had to. It was huge. But I had to turn it down. It had to happen. And if it didn't happen, I'm not sure I'd be here today. Yeah. How, like how that that must be a hard decision to make as a young person because I feel like you know, bursary is like a it's like a saving type of thing for us in our lives because it's like it it, it releases like it takes that burden of our parents. Yes. Bit, so to have to tell your parents like I know I'm not doing this. I'm going the, this way instead. The timing was perfect because. With Miss S18, I won a, burs- uh. a one-year bursary with Vasti College. Ah, okay. And then, f- funny enough, at the time, my parents were going through quite a lot of financial struggles. Mm. And they were really happy I got a bursary because it saved them from having to pay for my university. Mm. At the time, they actually couldn't afford it. So it was, it, I had to have a bursary. So <laughs> when I turned down the Tutuga bursary, I thought I had emailed them and I hadn't. So they called me and they're like, hi, we're here at Res. I'm not, they're we're not waiting for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hi, we're not seeing you. And I'm like, um, I'm not coming through. And then I don't know why, why I said it, but I was like, I'll take it up next year. Then my dad went with me to VC. I tried to register for anything other than accounting. I really wanted to do marketing or communications. And he was like, no, accounting. Mm. You are going to tax next year. You are going to finish your accounting. Um, and you're going to take up the Tutuga thing. And I was like, okay, fine. I've got a year to make another plan. <laughs> and that's how I saw it. I was like, okay, fine. I'll do what he wants me to do, but I've got a year to make another plan. And that year was so busy. My first year was so busy. My parents were like, okay, fine. Because of Miss S18 one, it's non-transferable. You have to take it. 
take it up and then you'll go to tax afterwards with the tatuga bursary yeah but in my head i was like i'm not going to but if i knew if i'm not going to i'll have to pay for my own school fees i'll have to make a way for myself um that was the agreement with my parents because if it was any other way there was no way mm. black parents <laughs> there I, was no i way. know that's especially the especially in the situation that we were in at the time it wasn't going to happen my parents knew listen we can't afford to take you to university and the only way we can is if you have a bursary and i did and those are really really good bursaries and they only give it to about 50 kids a year so to be chosen for that number one was a huge thing yeah. but then i had two huge bursaries to take up and i was lucky because of that And that was the year I actually funny enough I fell into things like influencing and communications and Is it because marketing. you were doing so many things to try and like it was it was because of the Miss SA team thing and I started a blog. I started a blog in 2008 funny enough when after what when was it? I was still a finalist before I got oh. crowned. I actually started a blog on Blogspot. And I was like, okay, let me try this blogging thing and I blogged about the Miss SA team life or whatever. I think I only posted like five blogs, but it got me noticed mm. and that was that year later that year during my reign i had my first um influencing campaign that was so ahead of its time influencing has been around for a very very long time that it just wasn't called that <laughs> it it was um maybe the agency that called me up they understood it better yeah. than a lot of people yeah. um and they were the first agency of its kind at the time Right now there's so many agencies now mm. that do that and they were they called themselves a word of mouth agency. So they called me up and they're like, "Listen, come to this event. All we want you to do is just take pictures and post it on Facebook." Facebook was the only thing then. Um Instagram wasn't around. I don't think Twitter had started just yet or it had, but it wasn't that big. Yeah. So I had quite a lot of followers on on Facebook. I learned how to create a page. I always liked things. So <laughs> I learned how to create a page for myself. I had my blog and yeah, I fell into influencing that way. And funny enough a few years after that that's when I actually the same company hired me to do influencer management and project management for them. Mm. So all the way back in 2009 was the first time I got introduced to this concept of being an influencer and in digital marketing. Yeah. And that was that was my way out. I was like okay fine. I'm not going to do this accounting thing. I'll finish the degree. I'll keep going because obviously I have to. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy that you say that because you know they always say like you must be very um um intentional with your relationships because the same company the first co- yes. like imagine if you had like burnt your bridges yeah. or something yeah. like that or just didn't perform or didn't show up back then when it wasn't such a big thing exactly, necessarily yeah, yeah. De- but because probably because of like who you were and like that they knew you mm, and had mm, worked with mm. you before it created an opportunity for you later down the line exactly yeah. and also I just <laughs> I think I was just the the shyness was still in me i'm just too shy to burn bridges <laughs> like i'm just too shy of a person to like even be mean like it takes a lot for me <laughs> to like tell people things yeah it's, it's, even now when you know if i have a bad coffee at the restaurant yes i'll go tell them that the coffee is bad but there's still a little bit of an internal conversation <laughs> that happens to say listen this is not good service you have to say something about it <laughs> so i'm 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 just too nice of a person to burn bridges yeah. so it takes a lot <laughs> Sure. Okay. So, just take us through your whole career journey and how it's morphed over the years. Over the years, over the past 10 years I've done a lot. Yeah. And it's always been in the marketing and communication space from a career point of view. Um in terms of working for other people. And then as well as starting my own businesses here and there because mm. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I've I've I grew up in a house filled we never we don't have we didn't have novels we still don't have novels in our house <laughs> at home I grew up in a house with like seven habits of effective people and when I asked my parents to buy me a book they bought me rich dad poor dad when <laughs> <laughs> that's the type of house I grew up in um what is it uh, MBA 101 and all of these books literally were all about business because my parents wanted to be in business Um they worked for other people and now they are entrepreneurs as mm. well. So that's the type of house I grew up in and I was like I'm also going to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to work for anybody else. I just skip the working for people yeah. part. Um so my career started off with being an influencer and a blogger. Mm. And being Miss SA Teen as well, doing interviews for radio and TV, going around um being a spokesperson. My first official job was in 2010, I think. I was a spokesperson for a um for an NGO. for a it was AIDS orphans yeah riawin yeah 
it was called Riawena, and I was their spokesperson, and I did all the conferences and the media that they had to do. I did all the interviews for mm. them. And then from there, I kept on jumping from one thing to another because, like I said, I had this vision for my life, but I had no clue how I was going to fulfill it. And it seemed as though anything in either entertainment or communication fit the description or the mold. Yeah. Because people who worked in that industry had freedom of time. You know, they could maneuver the way they wanted yeah. to. So that company that first got me for the campaign I did in 2009, they hired me towards the end of 2010, beginning 2011. Um, it was for quite a big brand, one of the telecommunication brands. And I was just a project manager. I just managed the people that were also influencers with me. From there, then they were like, okay, fine, do you want to do another one? And I did things for amazing brands. So in terms of my CV, it looked really good because... Working with brands like, you know, Vodacom, Sunlam, I worked with Mr. Price and all of these big brands and Oros and the good brands. So I worked with them freelance and I studied. And then there was a year when I couldn't study because there was no finances for me to study. It was in 2012. And I got a job at a modeling um, agency at Star Model Man Management. Today, I think it's called, I forgot what it's called, but it's one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked there for three months. And then I fell into depression, straight up depression. Like it, I call it the under the tree days. <laughs> I was so depressed. Every day I woke up, I took a blanket and I sat under the tree for like a month, a good month. Yeah. I just didn't pitch for work. So I, that I basically got fired in about March. And then when they paid me for the two days, I was not at work. Uh, when I went to work, I took the money, put it in my car and I went home and I stayed home for the year 2012. Mm. So in 2012, then at some point I got my act together. My parents didn't even ask me why I was home. Like I just arrived. <laughs> like out of nowhere, I just arrived. They didn't ask any questions. They just like, come, it's fine. We lived on a farm at the time. A few months later, I got my act together, read a couple of personal development books that shifted me inside. And then I sent out my CV. I sent out all of my stuff and I got a radio job for a drive time show. Um, I've always been kind of good at pitching. <laughs> so yeah. I pitched. It was a really good pitch. And I got a co-hosting and production and sports position with Northwest FM. And that was my first job with a boss, like a full-time job with a yeah. boss. Um, end of that year, unfortunately, I got retrenched. <laughs> sad, sad, sad story. But I got retrenched. And I came back to Joburg, studied. Still, I was mm. working freelance with, with the communications guys. Working freelance, doing social media, doing digital media, doing influencer recruitment and management. And I kept doing that. And then 2014, I got a full-time job with them. I was like, you know what? Things aren't going to work out. I need the money. I need stability. Um, things were still a bit unstable at home. Both my parents were entrepreneurs. So I was like, I need stability in my life. I need a paycheck. And I took a paycheck. I earned way less than I was used to earning. Mm. Um, freelancing is great. You get a lot of money at a time. And I was like, I need stability. I'm, I'm buckling down. I'm getting a job. Unfortunately, at the end of that year, fell again into quite bad work depression. I couldn't get through a day of work without listening to T.D. Jakes, to like, you know, Eric Thompson. Like, I literally had to listen to these people to motivate myself to get through a day of work. And December, I quit. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It was too much for me. I love the job. I love the position. I just hated working for people. And it, it bugged me to, and we were micromanaged like, you're crazy. It drove me insane. So I realized around about June, I started to have that depression. And mm. I held on until December because I was like, I've got to get my money right. Mm. I've got to save money. And that's what I did. And then 2015, started my business. And that was the beginning of, Basically, Club She Is <clears throat> started in 2015. So I want to ask you, and I, I want to ask you this because I can relate to it quite a bit. Mm. So maybe like I'm asking for myself a little <laughs> bit. How do you, how did you, I mean, I think maybe you explained when you, not that you explained it, but you kind of t touched on it a little bit when you said you fell into these phases into your life where were kind of like lows. But how do you deal with, how did you deal with and correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but like when you when you know this is not what you want, mm. but you're not really sure what exactly it is that you want, but yeah. you know it's out there, and then you also need 
dealing with the fact that you're good at this, you're good at that, yeah. but you also want to do this and that. So like just the indecisiveness, yes. just the up and downiness yeah. of yeah. it all, just the all over the place of it all. How, how did you overcome that if you have? Because I think, you know, we often hear from people, there's a lot of people who actually have a very linear road and it's, yeah. I, they know yeah. what they want and they, ha- they know what they're good at mm. and it's a little bit easier for them. Yeah. So it's like, I know what I'm good at, yeah. right? I've never really known what I want per se, but I know what I'm good at and that's mm, what I've been doing. Mm, mm, so mm. how do you kind of bring all of that together? And how you finally, did you, you know, find yourself in a way. You, yeah, find your, path. find your path in a way. Look, uh, and, and what would you say to someone who's going to that? Who's feeling the same yeah. way. Look, with, with my career, I'd, I'd wrap that into like a small little thing because a lot of other things happened during those years. I, my first YouTube channel was actually in 2010. We actually won an international award for it. I would, other, than radio, <laughs> other than radio, I also did, I actually started radio in Joburg before I went to Rustenburg. I did a lot of things. I started my studio in 2012. So even though I said all of those things that happened in my career, I was also dabbling in a whole lot mm. of other things at the same time because of the fact that I was good at a lot of things. And I think finding my path, I attributed to experimenting a lot. You have to allow yourself to experiment. If you don't know what you like, you have to experiment to find the thing that you like. But at some point, you must stop experimenting and take up something. So for me, I had to try and try different things to Mm. see what was for me and what wasn't. Because at some point I was doing sports and I was like, okay, fine, I really like sports. Let me get into it. I came to Joburg. I realized I don't like the entertainment industry, so I'm not going to do it. Um, Because of all of that, another thing that had happened is I actually got a job offer to work at a financial institution and I didn't go. I ended up going working full time in advertising. So because I dabbled in a whole lot of things, I tried different things and I allowed myself to try those things. And I and I didn't look at myself as you know, you're a failure because you haven't found anything. My friends were starting jobs and, you know, funny enough, everybody went to go work where you work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people work at that place. <laughs> and <laughs> because it was finance, everybody was graduating, yeah. everybody, you know. So you ha- you, it's, a, it's okay to experiment. Yeah. Some people say it's a bad thing, but it's not. Because if you don't experiment, you'll get to a midlife crisis and it could blow your life up. Or a quarter-life crisis, get to the age of 28, 30, and your life completely explodes because you're just like, I am in the wrong path. Things are all going wrong for me. Um, uh, People sometimes look down on people who experiment in Mm. their lives, and it's not a bad thing. You come out of it. Out of that five years, I keep telling people, I feel like I've lived, you know, 10,000 lifetimes because I tried everything I wanted to try, and I found my thing. And because I found my thing, I'm really good at it. And I can stay up late. I can wake up early. I cannot sleep and I'll still do my thing because I found it. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have found it if I didn't experiment. Because like, you know how recruiters or people always say like, nobody's going to hire you if you're always moving around and you're not showing any loyalty. There's a lot of that exactly. as well, just in the working world exactly. in general, whether you're not, I feel like whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Exactly. It's, yeah. Society, society will say that you need to show loyalty or you need mm, to show mm. um, just that you it, like that you have a path of that something. you have a path you know yeah, it's look you're also young I was I did this between the ages of sorry I did this between the ages of 19 and 25 and if recruiters are going to be looking at a 19 to a 25 year old who's jumping from one place to another and saying that it's a bad thing I don't think it's fair to put that pressure on somebody who's mm. at that stage of their lives in I mean, you've, uh, in, in finance, when we look at somebody's financial path in life, the 20s, from 20 to, thir- to from the age 20 to 29, is a year where you are, where you are starting to build, right? Mm. And when you're starting to build, you need to find where you're going to build first. And a lot can happen for that person between the age of 25 and 30. So if you find your thing at age 25, by the time you get to 30, you've probably already had one or two promotions by that time. Yeah. And you're stable because you know that this is my thing. I found it. We should allow young people to experiment. Mm. We should allow young people to take gap years. They should be able to go from one job to another job so that they find their thing. Because I feel like if you don't find your thing, you'll flake even more at a later age. It's so much more different and uh, more, more dangerous to flake in your 30s and your 40s. You don't. By then you probably have dependents and... Exactly. Yeah, it's you have a whole for your new life. Le- you have a whole new level of debt, mm. right? That debt that you've been accumulating in your 20s and your 30s, it only gets bigger. So if you're not going to be dumping from job to job in your 30s or your 40s because now you're trying to find yourself, you're at risk 
in all types of way, not just because of your debt, but because of your dependence, because there's people who are relying on mm. you. There's just, you just have too much weight on you at that time. So when you're young, many people don't have their kids yet. They don't have, they haven't even gotten, you know, the debt from a car or debt from a, a house. So they can jump around. They don't have those financial responsibilities. The most they'll have is maybe a cell phone contract. And that's fine. Mm. You have less to lose when you're young. So experiment when you're young, before you're 25, jump around, it's okay. Mm. After you're 25, I would say, yes, find a path and stick to it and start building. And that's the, I think that's better. Because if you don't experiment and then you, your, your life can totally implode Ish. or ex- explode later on because mm. you didn't find your thing. Okay, um, okay. I'll ask my question now. Let's go back. You yes. were actually in the middle of telling your story. So then Club She Is came through. So 2000 and... 2015 mm. yeah 2015 i started tkbc which is the Copano brand company um i started that business because i was just like you know what i think i know that communication media is kind of the way that i want to go in my life i started a an, an a one-stop shop digital marketing agency yeah. and that business funny enough led me to my husband about four three months later i'm, I'm three four months later i made i made i made voyo um, <laughs> I know that, that was a speed bump that was a hurdle we had to get over funny enough um, I started that business and I started pitching I sent out pitch, pitches and for three months I didn't make no money zero health and I had, I had a car I had my insurance I had my apartment to pay for all of these things and the most that I had was like fixed deposits that I had put away for the first, I don't know how many payments I'd put away, but yeah, it was running quite low <laughs> by the time I made my first paycheck. Yeah. Um, Voya was actually one of my state, first steady clients. Um, he had a, a suit business at the time. They made tailored suits for men. Um, and then funny enough, that year, by halfway through the year, I'd replaced my salary. But first three months, there was zero dololo, nothing coming into my bank account. Um, and people who, this is why when people come and tell me that I've quit my job, I want to start a business. I'm like, no, why did you quit? <laughs> because I know that you need the cash from your salary to survive. Mm. But anyway, um, TKBC went from being all in-house digital marketing agency to just doing only social media because I, I needed to niche down because I realized that I don't like doing events. I don't like doing posters. I don't want to do business cards for yeah. people. I don't want to do all of these other things. Let me just only focus on social media. By the end of the year, I doubled my salary with with TKBC. And then fast forward two years later, I kept on doing the same thing. I got other clients. I started to get bigger clients <clears throat> because that's what I thought you're supposed to do. You, you have an agency. You're supposed to go for the big fish. That's mm. how agencies work. That's how you scale. That's how you scale. You have, to, you have to go get that big contract. Yeah. You know? And it was also during the time when um, the Creative Council got their first huge, huge contract and, and before they got sold. It was like, okay, if I want to become a TCC, I've got to go get the big fish. You know, um, So I kept on trying to get a bigger and bigger client. And then I realized, I don't like that. <laughs> I know I'm in the right industry, but I don't want to grow an agency like that. Um then my husband told me about somebody he works with who, was, who had a blog and wanted to turn the blog into a business mm. in the financial industry. So he's like, you've got, you've got the talent. You know what to do. You've helped other businesses. Um, why don't you help this individual do the same? Mm. So I did. And she became my first coaching client. And from there, I realized, okay, I like this. I like using the knowledge that I have to help somebody use what I know in the digital world to start a business and a brand. So that's exactly what I did. And then from there, I got another client. And then I started She Is Tailored. She Is Tailored was a tailoring business for females. Using the, the knowledge that I have with online business, I just started as a side business. Mm. Little did I know that every client that I met asked me, so what do you do other than this? And I'd tell them what I do. And then they'd want my services ah. as a coach. And then it just started to become a long list of women who wanted my services as a coach. And I was like, this is, this is not sustainable. You know, none of them had come on as clients yet, but I was just like, it, it wouldn't be sustainable for me to have all these clients. And that's when the idea of Club Shears came about. And I started it um, 
with my husband at the time he's my strategist many people don't know this but he is <laughs> um we started it and that's how it grew so it evolved from the Copana brand company then it became you know then through club she through she is tailored it became club she is so it is an evolution of the Copana brand company mm. all the experience that i've had everything that i've learned it's just you start your business as one thing knowing that this is the end goal that i want to have mm. and you're not really sure how you're going to get to that end goal um and then i found it and i've stuck with it and it's it's two years now and it's just getting bigger it's just getting better i've gone from coaching one-on-one people to now having we have about 300 what 200 or 300 ladies yeah. registered now i know actually just in my head i was just like wait we really do i'm just like I'm not yeah you said it so casually so now we have 200 i'm like oh, no, okay girl just, you know, when, and we we have this post on the wall that we said i don't know if you've watched girl boss the movie uh, yeah uh i've read the book girl yeah boss. i've, I've, I've yeah. read the book as well in the movie she has this thing where she's like they want to sell a hundred items so they drew this diagram on their wall and they kept on filling in every single time they got an outfit because they they were like a thrift type of business yeah. so they needed to find a hundred items so i have this poster in my office which has a hundred blocks <laughs> so this this has been a bit emptyish <laughs> because we have people that we have courses for yeah. so our courses have sold 100 students at a time that's fine but i wanted 100 members mm. and funny enough my husband the other day is like you haven't filled this in it would be full by now which is true um and i just it just hit me now that before we actually like recently we actually had a very good growth period right now and in terms of our total students from membership as well as individual courses we've surpassed 300 mark, mm. which for me i'm just like it just hit me now it literally just hit me now well done congrats it's actually quite, cool. <laughs> it's actually quite exciting quite cool. yeah yeah <laughs> oh wow i'm so happy for you, Thank you. <laughs> and so so what are the, some of the plans that you have for club she is okay so Firstly, Tlapshi is is a... Oh, yes. Yes. Let's start there. <laughs> what is not everybody who knows yes. Let's yeah. start from the beginning. So if you've never heard of Tlapshi is before, Tlapshi is a network for just women. Hmm. And it is a network that provides the tools, resources, and the support for women to build the brands and businesses of their dreams. It's for women who want to take control of their income and live life on their own terms. And that's basically where I started. Um, with my dream when I was seven years old mm. and finding that 10 years later after becoming part of the workforce. And every woman that I meet has the same thing. She's like, I, I want to know how to make my own money. I want to be in control of my own money. Mm. But not just that, I want to own my time. I want to be in control of my life. Yeah. You know, If I want to go to a job, I want to know that I'm doing mm. it because I want to, not because I have, I have to. to yeah. um, and that's who Club She Is is for. So we do that... And we help women get to that vision of their lives by giving them, like you said, masterclasses, tutorials, workshops, tools such as templates, you know, um, what type of emails do you send when you pitch? All of those things mm. focused around personal development, personal brand building and business. Um, my expertise is in the online world. So that's where we stick to. Yeah. Um, and women have been coming in. Mainly our, our biggest sellers are employee to entrepreneur which is a course that does exactly that, shows you how you go from employee to building a business, becoming an, a full-time entrepreneur. Mm. Um, personal brand bootcamp, which is one of my favorite ones, which is it, the first version of it, I think was, was done in 2017. Um, and now it is what it is today. And it's one of my favorite courses and it's a premium course, which we give to our, to our members. Um, and as well as Influencer Blueprint, which is now the most popular one. Um, which has over 100 students in it. It's It's got a, every single course that we have has a WhatsApp group and a community of women who support each other. Mm. And that group has got such amazing energy. Firstly, we're teaching women that influencers aren't just people who do sponsored posts on Instagram and on on, on, <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. It's, it's so much more than that. Um, influencers go all the way back to when you see somebody in a Pepsi ad and they use a celebrity all the time. Yeah. They've been doing this since movies first came into play. So Charlie Chaplin was an influencer, if you think about it. 
So for speakers, authors, people who want, who are thought leaders, so people who know something, a certain expertise, and they use that expertise to either consult or to coach people or people want their opinions. Those are influences as well. So that group is filled with women in tech. It's filled, it's, there's women who are in natural hair. There's women who are in personal development. There's women who are in sales. Every single topic that you can think of mm. where a person wants to be a thought leader and an expert, they're in that group. And then obviously they are our members. Our premium members are basically people who, um, it's a subscription-based membership. Yeah. And through that membership, every single week, we have a new masterclass for the ladies, um, either in personal development, business, or branding. And we meet once a week live to chat to each other, to learn a new skill, to open our minds to something new that will take you forward. Mm. And what I love about the club is that I'm seeing women who, once we're saying that I have a specific lady, her name is Wanga, who's like one of my favorite ladies. She first, she said, listen, I want to start my business in, you know, it was about a 16 month period and she started in less than 16 months and her business is, is growing and it's going right now. She's even got a podcast and she's, 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 she even has information products and she's selling her products that she wants. She's a chemist turned herbalist, mm. which is quite cool. And really her, unique. Yeah. she loves to say that you helped me give birth to my business. She always had this plan that at some point I'm going to fall pregnant with my business and it's going to take me nine months to give birth. She gave birth before nine months. And she always says that you helped me give birth to my business. And stories like that are the ones that, mm. that keep me going. I love that. I, I love seeing women being liberating, liberating their, their, their dreams and finally becoming the type of people they want to become. Yeah. And that's what Club She Is has done. And it makes me so happy. Seeing those women do that, it makes me the happiest person. I can see it in your face. And <laughs> you, you talk about it. <laughs> I love people who are passionate about what they do. It is, it's actually nice to, to witness it. Yeah. I know what you mean because I've seen other people who, who they speak about their thing and all of a sudden, you know, you might have thought that, you know, this person might be tired or something. Yes. And then they start speaking about their thing and they just light up. <laughs> I love that. And we see that all the time in mm. club shears. Um, with with our members when we see them in either live coaching sessions or when we see them at events and things like that, just the energy of the women who are always there. It's the feedback that we always get. Firstly, it's women get to finally have friends that are like-minded and it's not weird that you want to start a business where a, a space where imposter syndrome isn't something that you're ashamed of, but somebody else can be like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I went through the same thing. I went through the same yeah. thing. And people who are just like, you know what, I actually, you know, I have this dream of having a million subscribers. You want to be shy about them. Somebody else is like, me too, let's do it together. Now um, you can shout it out. You can say it a bit louder, a bit more confidently. Be, exactly. You know how, yeah, you will shy away from saying what you really want sometimes exactly. when, when it's not normal to say that thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and Club She Is is a space where it is normal to say those mm. things. Where if you have a struggle, somebody else has had the same struggle mm. as you have because we're all on the same path. We're building our personal brands. We're building our businesses. And the best way to do that is to also work on yourself. You can't just work on your business and work on your personal brand. You also work on yourself. Mm. Becoming a better person, your time management, how you see things, how you perceive your life. Um, how, are you, how do you implement things? All of those things are the things that we speak about in the club. When we get down to the nitty gritty, I'm, I'm, I hate fluff. <laughs> I hate fluff. <laughs> it pains me to like a, a, in a very deep place. I'm a very, if you tell me something, I need to know what's the point and what must I do about it. So that's what club she is does. It's like, I'm not going to tell you something and not give you a, what's the point and what to do about yeah. it. And that's why we have results in the club. Mm. Women come then, we're not just talking and it's, it's literally, this is this is what I'm teaching you. And at the end of the day, you know exactly what to do and exactly how to implement it. And you know what you're it. getting out of it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, funny enough, you came to, one, to our first workshop. Yes. <laughs> which was, I was telling somebody else the other day, she said, um, because of your workshop, I started saving 500 rand a day in a unit trust. Before that, she didn't even know what a unit trust yeah. was. And she's now saving in, in a unit trust. And she was like, that was last year. I was like, no, that was in 2017. And she was so surprised. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, the smallest change of 500 rand a month from mid-year 2017, it's now the beginning of 2020. How much has she saved and how much yeah. interest has grown on that thing? And the, the reason why is because the type of events we have, 
we speak about something we open your mind to it and then afterwards we say go do a b c d the practical steps exactly yeah so that when you leave there you know exactly what to do you don't leave there saying okay i still need to google no Mm. even our courses um employee to entrepreneur i practically show people how to how to build their own website for their business Mm. so that there's no questions asked and if there is a question i create a master class for it um that's what i love about our club it's an action-based practical club so women can actually see the results they want to see from day one Mm. so where do you see it going in the future a million members Ah, (laughs) yes you know what when when i speak about members i'm speaking about women who are building their brands and their businesses i'm speaking about women who a community Mm. um right now we have the ladies of the club are in total when i speak of the people who we email every day the people who we speak to through social media, the people who are inside the club, either as members or as students for specific courses, where the other day I calculated at 12,000 ladies. So we touch 12,000 ladies in different ways. I'm one of them. I get the emails every day. <laughs> yeah, I hope you like them. I hope like them. You know, I work on I, those yeah. things. I get nervous about sending them back. <laughs> I've got to send them. Um, that, that number is 12,000 ladies. And out of those 12,000 ladies, whether they are premium members or not, I've heard, I've, I've received feedback, feedback from women who have started their businesses, mm. who have finally, you know, I get an email saying I've registered my business because of this email. I did this because of this yeah. video. Um, so I really do want to touch a million women's lives. It's a huge number. I mean, there's a lot of zeros, just in zeros. <laughs> but if you were to have a million people stand in front of you, I don't think there's even a picture that exists no, that has like a million people in it. But that's the goal. It's 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 absurd. <laughs> but that's the goal, nonetheless. Sure. Okay. So, what have been some of your the highlights and the lowlights of your journey? Because we often talk about just the highlights, and I think you did touch on a couple on on both yeah. as well, but. For you, what has really stuck out, but also more importantly, what did you learn from those moments? Definitely the low ones, I've mentioned them. There's the, the moments, it, they weren't really moments because they did last for quite some time. Mm. Um, and I think if anybody ever goes through work depression or just any sort of, you know, when I went through that, we don't, at the time it wasn't cool to talk about a therapist or anything like that. Today it's more normalized, mm. which is so good and I'm so happy about that. But that was eight years ago. Um, when I first went through some sort of depression and I had to extract myself from Johannesburg, go home, stay on a farm. I never left the yard for almost three months. I didn't go anywhere. If, if we went anywhere, it probably took me a month to go buy milk. And when you live on a farm, milk is 15 minutes or 20 minute drive (laughs) to another town. Um, and if I had gone through that today, I definitely would have seen somebody about it. Um, so those are my lowlights in terms of, you know, mm. in, in my work, especially having to go to work every day and hating my job, which, which I really don't like that. I don't like it when people tell me that they hate their jobs. I really want them to have something to look forward to. Um, my other lowlight was definitely getting retrenched. Knowing what I know today, they would have never retrenched me because working in that industry i could have made myself indispensable knowing what i know now i say it with absolute confidence that i would have changed the game in that radio station but i didn't know the things that i know now mm. and i had to get retrenched it was part of the journey it was important for me to get retrenched because even today i have a video about retrenchment um and i know how it feels i've seen the letter i've had my boss call me in and tell me yo <laughs> we're letting you go sure. um it's not nice mm. um it's it's rejection it really is because there are some people who did come after me they stayed because they were valuable or they saw that they were valuable um and it's happening to a lot of people today mm. which is very, yeah, very specifically very, now as well with the economy yeah. that we're in right now yeah it's happening to a lot of people today my highlights in my career um there was <laughs> one of my highlights it's 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 related to money but it only it only helps me realize that so much is possible um where i earned my biggest paycheck my first six figure in one day paycheck it came from pageantry yes but in my head i was just like no ways like this guys (laughs) (laughs) you can just do this and realizing that i was like okay fine i can repeat this on my terms yeah um and my other highlight definitely has to do with club shears um 
we've had some really good moments with club she is every time i get feedback from a woman who's met her target Mm. it makes me so happy one of my personal branding clients is an author published author with one of the biggest publishers in the world which is amazing um their successes are my successes do i know who she is Yes, you do. I, I know it. I know I know who she is. You posted, I don't know if you sent in an email or posted on Yeah. Like, I feel like I know who this is. But anyway, sorry. And, I mean, those, those clients of mine, another one of my clients went through a huge life thing. Um, mm. Her world got turned upside down. And because of the work that we do together, she started a whole new career for herself. Mm. And she's now an award-winning writer. She's sure. an award-winning writer in her field. And I remember when I first told her that she should start writing, she was like, I never. Me? No, I can't. I'm not a writer. I don't know how to know. She literally was just like, I can't write. How do I write? Mm. And we went through it and how to start writing. And she's now an award. In a year, she became an award-winning writer in her industry. And hearing those stories, those stories are my, those are my highlights. Mm. Um, I would... You know, there's so many great things that we've done with Club Shears from from a business perspective, from an income perspective and all of those things. But for me, it's not that. Mm. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the milestones that the other ladies go through. And every time they share those with me, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm elated. When somebody tells me that, you know, I was down and out, I didn't have anything and I didn't know what to do and because of your email or because of your course or because of your video or because of anything that we've done through Club Shears, I've done ABC. Those are my highlights. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd love to hear more and more and more of those things. Because it's about the impact. I think we all want to be impactful in somewhere or another. Exactly. And like I feel like when you hear those stories, you're actually seeing the actual impact that you're having on someone else, yes. which is incredible. It's, uh, women go through a lot. And I've personally been there where what, uh, some people ask me, there's an email that we have about what is your biggest fear? And women respond to me about their biggest fears. And some of them touch me in a, in a way that when I respond to them and I tell them, that's also my biggest fear. But I've, like I said, I've gotten used to doing things I'm scared of. Mm. Um, now, even till today, one of my biggest things that I have to deal with is self-doubt. And it's that small voice inside of me that's just like, oh, you can't, oh my gosh, no, you can't do it. But like I said, you, you practice doing the things that you're scared of. And almost everything freaks me out. <laughs> Sending the emails, I have a little heart attack every single time. <laughs> Saying, like Doing videos, I have a little heart, heart attack every single time. There's a whole lot of things that give me many heart attacks all yeah. the time. I've just developed this reaction or this you know, muscle memory to just do the things that I'm scared of. So my highlights have to do with the ladies of the club and their successes. Yeah. Those are the things that really are the best for me. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, it's about that time. Okay. On the show <laughs> where I ask this question and I'm going to like not penalize you, but I'm going to ask you for two messages. Why is because I do read your emails <laughs> and I know that you've mentioned it in one of your emails. I have. I, I have. read your emails. Um, At so least yeah. you know that I read your email. Yeah. <laughs> so you were prepared. I Thank was you. preparing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, like I always say on the podcast, I love to ask women this question. The reason is because of my favorite quote, which is be who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. I feel like we always... Like looking looking back, I think of all the faces I would have loved to have seen, all the stories I would have loved to have heard, just the person that I would have wanted to have around to look up to, mm. and I strive mm. to be that person for myself yeah. now because I feel like if I felt that way then, there's someone's going through it now. Yeah. Today, you know. So I always ask my guests if you could go back to your younger self, what would you say to younger Copano today? You always two messages. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so mm, <laughs> I'll start with the one you know because I think everybody <laughs> okay. else needs to hear it as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. I would, I would tell her to get a mentor. And, you know, when I look back on my life now, um, a lot of people told me to get a mentor. 
And I never did. I'm a very self-reliant person. Till today, I want to do everything. I do it myself. Mm. It's fine. I'm, uh, even if I have, yeah, <laughs> even if I have a whole lot of things on my plate, like no, I'll do it. It's fine. I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> I'm that person. Um, and I, I always, I'm, I'm, I'm a very experimental person. I am a treasure hunter. My husband calls me a treasure hunter because I'm always trying new things. I don't mind trying new things. I figure things out myself. But that was the problem in my life at the same time. It's a good thing, but at the same time, it's a bad thing. Um, if I had a mentor, I'd be much further in my life. I would have avoided a lot of mistakes that I made. I've made some really huge financial mistakes. I've made mistakes that impacted me financially. Let me say it that way. Mm. And I would have avoided a lot of things had I had a mentor to speak to. Um, that person mentors are able to see brilliance in you they're able to see things in you and help you with those things i wouldn't change anything about the person i was when i was younger i still want to i'd, I'd go back to god and be like i like that you're experimental mm. i like that you like figuring things out mm. i like that you want to do things do it but get a mentor that is literally the the one message i'd tell myself when i was younger is definitely that get a mentor yeah mm. and and <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I like it. Like, ah, no, I had this one sit down. <laughs> what would I tell my younger self? Um, goodness. Because I think about my journey and the, the fact that, like I said, I'm an, I'm, I, I like figuring things out. I'm self-reliant and I'm, I'm good at growing after the things that I'm scared of. It would, it would still have to be with the message of getting a mentor. It would definitely be, you know, Learn to let go of things. Learn to get help. Um, and it's okay if you don't know things. You don't have to be the one to figure it out. Um, get help, even if it's not a mentor. It's just handing over a bit of work to someone else. Mm. Calling up a friend to help you. Don't go through it alone. <laughs> and it's funny because the whole story about going through things alone is the reason why we have support groups for yeah. every woman in club she is because I know what you go through when you go through things alone so I would definitely say don't go through it alone even if it's not a mentor speak up is one of it's something I still work on till today um, but I, I'm better at it but I was worse when I was younger mm. is don't go through these things alone whatever it is just don't go through it alone speak yeah. up tell somebody reach out it will become better um, so those are my two messages definitely get a mentor and just speak up like don't go through it alone tell mm. someone um because even for example with my under the tree days you know my my sister would go to work i'd be fine as soon as she leaves i'd grab my blanket and go under the tree and i i wouldn't even eat lunch i would chill there all day mm. all not a i didn't read a book nothing i would stay at the sky for almost a month and the only thing i did to get up I got up, went to the toilet, and I got up to move the blanket so I could go under the, the, the shade of the tree. That's literally what I did. I didn't tell my sister. And then one day I just left and I went home. When I got home, I didn't tell my parents why I was there. So speak, speaking up is a very important mm. thing so that you don't have to go through those things alone. So those are definitely the two messages that I would tell to myself, my younger self. Oh, wow. Those are both important and beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, okay, so thank you so much. Um, <laughs> how can our audience get in touch with you, um, sign up for Club She Is, yes. and just follow you on your journey as well? Okay, so with Club She Is, everything is at Club She Is, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube as well. And with me, it's at Kopano Shimange. So it's Kopano, K-O-P-A-N-O, um, S-H-I-M-A-N-G-E. <laughs> Learning to spell my new surname. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's the same everywhere as well. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, very, very active on Instagram. And definitely sign up for our, our, our email. Yeah. I send emails every single day. I've been doing it for over a year. I've sent over 400 emails. Mm. Because on some days we sent like three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's been a long journey for me in terms of learning how to send those emails. But also it's been good for other ladies as well. I learn and they learn. And they learn. So... For everybody who's listening today, definitely go to clubshears.com, um, sign up. Um, we've actually got something on our website right now, which is a year planner. Um, it's, oh. a, it's a success planner. 
because we want people to implement on their dreams. Yeah. So how do you make a year-long goal and break it down into daily activities? So we have that. So go on to clubshears.com, get your year planner, and I'll email you every day. And that email isn't an email for nothing. It's always yeah. imparting knowledge. It's yeah. always helping. It's always motivating. And mm. it's always bringing women closer to that goal of controlling your income and living life on your own dreams. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I just remembered something yes. before we close. So, <laughs> you know, I, I interviewed you for my blog. So for those who don't yes. know, I have a blog, The Office Edit. You know, your blog is like your, your, your post. I, yeah, your post is the most read post. Really? Well, I, sh- I shut down my website now, but your, your, your interview yeah, was my most read in- <laughs> post. On the blog. Really? Honestly. Oh my, I remember that. And I loved your blog. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. And you've got, I mean, for people who listen to the, to the, to the podcast, she, you've got an impeccable style. And it's, it's a, it's, <laughs> it, thank you. It's not the common style, which is really, really nice. Like, I love how it's a little off center, but it's so good. Uh, I love you. It. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot coming from you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing thank your you story. This has been amazing. It's been, it's been good. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I really did. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we love to engage with all of you, so feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or guest recommendations on info at shebrigade.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at shebrigade. See you next week.